Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Well, if you would, turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're in the last few verses, finishing up the book of 1 Timothy tonight. And uh, I think the two things we see in this text, uh, the two action commands that we have are give and guard. And I didn't even have to, you know, stretch that or anything to try to get two letters that go together. They're right there in the text. Generosity is one of the things that's very, very strongly emphasized here and, and guarding the deposit that Timothy had. Give and guard. And I think those two things go along with the theme that we've seen throughout the book of 1 Timothy. The two things that Paul told Timothy is that he's to watch his life and his doctrine. And I think giving goes along with watching our lives. The way that when we watch our lives, we are going to be people of generosity. Uh, that's, that's one of the things that, uh, it, that goes along with our lives. And then Guard, guard the deposit, that's doctrine. Watch your life in doctrine. We've seen this theme throughout, and it's closing the letter with this same idea. Where uh, First, he's going to emphasize something that is about our behavior, and then he's going to emphasize doctrinal faithfulness that we see here. And uh, before we read our text, Paul here tells Timothy to guard the deposit. We, we use that term deposit often to talk about you know, money we put in the bank, right? It, it's, it's a deposit. It's, it's, uh, you know, we, take a, we take an offering and we deposit it into the bank, right? It's, it's, it's treasure, right? And, and what I think Paul here is talking about when he says guard the deposit, it's the gospel. The gospel is our treasure. The gospel is the news that tell us, tells us once we were His enemies, and now we're seated at His table. Amen? We have been washed from our sins. We have, we have uh, been adopted as His sons and daughters. We have been uh, brought from death into life. I just messed my page up. <laughs> I mean... Uh, it is the gospel that is the power of God to salvation, and we've got to guard that to make sure that that is the strongest emphasis that we make as a church. Our our mission says that we are we want to communicate the gospel to those who have not heard. That 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 is that I think fits along here with uh, how Timothy is told to to. Um, um, guard the deposit. We're communicating that deposit, the gospel that's been passed down to us. We don't tinker with it. We just share it. And uh, we want to serve our community by meeting tangible needs. That's giving generously. I think those things are seen right here in this text as well. So let's go ahead and look at our text. Verse 17 as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but upon God, 
who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. Thus storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. O Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you Avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge, for by professing it, some have swerved from the faith. Grace be with you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We come to you tonight to worship you, but we come with all kinds of cares on our hearts. Some of us are, probably most of us, are stressed out beyond what we can bear. We have the cares of this world creeping in. And Father, we need Your Word. We need Your Word to help us just to keep our sanity. We need Your Word to feed us, to calm us when we're stressed and when we're frightened. We need your word. Lord, help us, Lord, to have eyes to see and ears to hear. Nourish us tonight by your word. Lord, give me strength and grace as I preach in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul here begins this section, as for the rich in this present age. Now he had talked about money here just uh, two weeks ago in the passage we looked at. Um, Up above... In the same chapter, Paul had said that false teachers thought that godliness was a means of gain. They thought that they would, they would use their godliness or they would use their religious influence to try to get money for themselves. That was a mark of false teachers. And, and then later on, he says that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It's through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves through with many pains. And so there is a strong warning there against this craving and this desire for money. And I think Paul may, you know, after after what we looked at last week, he may kind of step back and say, wait a minute. I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. There's two opposing uh, ditches we could fall into. One, we could say money's all bad and we don't want to have anything to do with money and let's all just take a vow of poverty. Right? That, that's one ditch we could fall into. And on the other side, we could be with the false teachers and, um, and be just trying to go after everything we could get. And so Paul here, I think, is saying money is a gift of God. And there are, Paul is not telling uh, Timothy to command the rich that are unbelievers. He's talking to believers. He says, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to serve, nor, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God. He's talking to believing wealthy people. Now, we, we can kind of sometimes get the wrong, the wrong impression that if you're going to follow Jesus, you're just going to be like the rich man who, who uh, met Jesus and 
you got you to sell everything you have and give, give, to, give it all to the poor, right? But not all have to do that. Jesus, Jesus doesn't come to us all with the same kind of demand like that. Instead, you've got other men like uh, Nicodemus and, and uh, uh, Joseph of Arimathea who were wealthy people who helped to bury Jesus there in the Gospels. And here we see Paul is telling Timothy that the, those who have means, those who have wealth there in the church, um, Paul, uh, Timothy is to warn them of the danger and tell them um, not to be haughty, not to be proudful, pr- uh, proud and boastful. Proudful, I don't think that's a word. <laughs> There's the temptation when we have means, and all of us do, honestly. We're in America. <laughs> We're in America, and even if, even if we don't really feel like we've got a lot, if we've got one of these things, we're rich. <laughs> I mean, we've got computing technology that NASA didn't have 60 years ago, right? Okay, so we're rich. You know, you, you, you go to the, the most wealthy king in the ancient world in Babylon, you think of Nebuchadnezzar, and he may have had lots and lots of gold and servants and everything, but he didn't have a refrigerator. He didn't have a working toilet, okay, like what we have today. We are rich. And you can go to this website that that's, uh, that's out there. I don't remember which one it is. But you can, you can put in what it is that you make a year. And I'm thinking like $20,000 or something like that a year. And you are in the top 2% of wealth in the entire world. So whenever he says here, uh, com- as for the rich in this present age, he's talking about us. <laughs> He's talking about us. Uh, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty. You know, we, we, there's a temptation. We could be proud. We could be boastful. We could, uh, um, we could trust in our riches. Trust in what we have. I don't have to worry about what I've got to eat because I've got plenty in the bank. I don't have to worry about this or that because... I've got a nice little nest egg put away. And that worry of trusting in riches is captivating. And it makes us want to hold on to it even tighter. If, we're, if, we're, if our trust is in riches, then we don't want anything to interfere with that. And so we hold on to the riches even tighter. We grip it instead of gripping onto God. Here, Paul says, not, uh, to charge the rich in this present age not to be haughty nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. He reminds us, riches are uncertain. Just watch the stock market. <laughs> it's up and down and up and down and up and down. It's uncertain. It can be here today and gone tomorrow. Not to trust in the uncertainty of riches, but on God. No matter where your retirement account is, God is there with you. He will provide for you. He will take care of you. Amen? Amen. Yeah. 
says God richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Again, I'll mention this again. Mike, one of his favorite sayings that he says to me, all he needs is two hots and a cot. Um, I love that. Three, three, three hots and a cot. Three hots and a cot. I was trying to skimp on you there a little bit. Three hots and a cot. I do too. True story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God provides for what we need. Um, And sometimes, you know, we might think we need more than we need. But whatever we really need, God provides. He tells Timothy to charge these who are rich to do good. The, the false teachers, they had the idea they needed to get stuff for their own gain. And the, the opposite swing that we could take would be, well, money is all evil and we don't want to have anything to do with it. Here, Paul has this balanced view that says money is a gift from God and we are to do good with it. He says, command them to do good. They're to do good, to be rich in good works. You may have a lot of money in the bank account if you're a believer. And what are you supposed to do that? Do with that? Your real riches are in the good works that you're going to do with it. Now, let's step back here again. What is the Gospel? Jesus came and died for us and we didn't have to do anything to earn it. We didn't have to do any good works to earn it. No, we are sinners. We throw ourselves down at His mercy and we plead the blood of the cross. And that's why we're saved. But once we've been saved... We can trust in a Father who loves us and we, that opens our hearts so that we can give generously. Understand the concept there? When we can trust in a Father who cares for us and who provides for all of our needs, then that means that we can let go of the grip that money has on us and we can give generously. We can be rich. Our true riches is not what we have in the bank account. It's not our cars. It's not our houses or anything like that. Our true riches are in the good deeds that we do. Not in our own strength. But in the strength that God provides, as First Peter tells us. The next line here, the next phrase, it says, to be rich in good deep works, to be generous and ready to share. In the early church, they, they, they did sell everything and had all things in common. Now, now that, that was not a mandatory system. Paul, when, when Ananias and Sapphira, they, they lied and withheld some, Peter said, that was yours. You could do with it what you wanted to, but you chose to lie to the Holy Spirit. So it wasn't some kind of a, a, a communistic system where they, they were required by the force of the law of the church or something to give everything. No, they, because of what Jesus had done in saving them, they, because of Jesus had been so generous, their hearts were open and they gave generously. And, and here, because of the greatness of God's gifts for us, because of the greatness that He who was rich in heaven became poor for our sake so that we could then be generous and give others to others as well. We are to be generous. That's one of the things that characterizes us as believers. We're going to be generous. 
I'm ready to share. That word ready to share, it's, it's uh, based on the same word as fellowship. Um, uh, koinonia. I, don't want, I, don't, I hate throwing that out. The Greek words. But it's the idea of fellowship. Uh, having a common life together. Hospitality. That kind of thing. Um, thus, storing up treasures for themselves is a good foundation for the future. The early believers and believers today who have resources, we need to know, we need to have an attitude towards our stuff that we can give it away generously so that we know when we're giving it away, we're stockpiling something in heaven. <laughs> we, ne- we may never see it in this life, any kind of return on our investment. But one of these days, Jesus will say to us, I was hungry and you fed me. I was naked and you clothed me. So that they may take hold of that which is truly life. In the previous passage that we looked at last week, Paul had told Timothy, fight the good fight of faith, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. That's what Paul told Timothy before. Take hold of that eternal life. And here, um, Paul is telling Timothy to tell the rich that are, are, are in his church the way there to do that is by giving stuff away. <laughs> to, to, to be generous. That's how we take hold of eternal life. Because it shows we don't care so much about this life and this stuff. What we care about is the life to come. Then Paul changes gears. He's talked about giving, and now we're going to talk about guarding. In guarding, uh, here... Uh, Paul says, Oh, Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. That is the Gospel. And it's entrusted to Timothy. It's entrusted. He's a steward. It's his to take care of. It's his to manage. But it it was something that was passed on to him that he's going to pass on to others. And it got passed on down to us. And we're going to pass it on to others too. But we don't mess with it, we don't tinker with it, we pass it on faithfully from one generation to the next to the next. And here, Timothy is to guard it. The first emphasis was on giving, giving, giving. And here is something that we guard. We guard the deposit. We guard the the Gospel. Now we we guard it by giving it, don't we? (laughs) We share it. We spread the news. But we're also, we also want to be faithful to it. By guarding it, we're watching out for false teaching. Here, Paul says that the false teachers, which he's talked so much about false teachers throughout the rest of the book. Here, one of the things he says about false teachers is that it's full of irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. You ever hear some preacher, maybe on TV, maybe somewhere else, and he gets done, and you're like, what did that guy just say? 
<laughs> Better watch myself because maybe, maybe you said it about me. <laughs> Sometimes it's all just a bunch of hot air. Where, where a, 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 a so-called preacher may be sounding all lofty and big and everything, but if you really get down and examine it, there's nothing to it. And here, Paul says, oh, that's just babble. It's irreverent babble. It, 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 it's, it's full of contradictions and, and it's falsely called knowledge. They're prideful. They think they know it. They think they've got all the answers, but it's, it's sinking sand. And we washed away. Rather than chasing after all this so-called knowledge, this 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 some kind of insight that you think is is hidden that only you know about, only the special people really know about. No. It's clear. It's here in the word. And that's what we guard jealously. Paul finally, he says, for by professing it, this so-called knowledge, some have swerved from the faith. They looked like they were doing all right. It's like the seeds that fell on the rocky soil or the thorny soil. Started out okay, but the cares of this world choked it out. Or the sun beat down and the roots dried up. and It is possible to start out looking like a believer and then swerve from the faith. We see this several times through the book of 1 Timothy. Uh, in, one, uh, in chapter 1, verse 3, Paul said, certain persons by swerving from these, that is the true doctrine, have wandered away into vain discussion. In 119, he says, by rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith. In 3, 6, and 7, he says that a pastor must not be a recent convert, or he may be puffed up and fall into the condemnation of the devil, and he must be thought of, well thought of by those of the outside, so that he may not fall into disgrace, the snare of the devil. In 4.1, Paul says that the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith. In 5.8, he says, one who does not provide for his own relatives has denied the faith. 5.11 says, younger widows may have, have their passions, draw them away from Christ, and be condemned for abandoning their former faith. And in 6.10, the love of money is a craving that has caused some to wander away from the faith. We hear this drum banging throughout the book of 1 Timothy, don't we? There is a danger of starting well and swerving from the truth. And that's why we must guard the deposit. We must guard the Gospel. Because there's false teachers out there who will tickle our ears. Who will say things that may be partially true, but when something's partially true, it's a whole lie. We guard the Gospel. We watch our life and our doctrine. To wrap this up, we give 
We give generously because the Gospel says Jesus left heaven, left the riches of glory, and came and became poor for us. We can give because we believe the Gospel. We can give because Jesus freely gave us all things. Amen? How do we have the power to give generously? Because we believe the Gospel. And when we believe the Gospel, it frees our hearts up from the slavery to money so that we can give it freely to those who are in need. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.